Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Flipside Sports Podcast, where NFL is apparently king in a uh, time that's typically reserved for college basketball. Uh, the NFL expanding its uh, expanding its range a little bit with some of the uh, free agency moves that are expected to take place as uh, the offseason progresses. Um, probably a little bit slower than the norm, just given the fact that look players can't come in for physicals and I think one of the people that that's going to end up impacting the most is uh Cam Newton who is recovering from an injury last year where uh you ultimately saw the Panthers I mean they were doing okay without him it was almost the an expectation in Carolina uh given the circumstances and uh with me to talk about that is Nate Moss. Cam Newton is no longer a Carolina Panther as of today. Um, I think, obviously, we all kind of saw that coming a while ago. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on uh, the react, the uh, release and uh, what Carolina was able to bring in? Well, you kind of knew. I mean, I mean, no teams keep $20 million quarterbacks on, on, the, uh, on the books unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles who kept – 17 and 18 million dollar Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford, but that that's different. Uh, those two are both worth six. Uh, you can't keep Bridgewater and Cam, especially with their, their price tags. And sadly, it's it's time for Carolina to move on from Cam. And I think I think there's there's a there's an idea that he's done in this league, and I I disagree. Like, that dude's 30, 29, 30. And he's had one one year where he was shut down for injury, and we've seen a lot of quarterbacks come back from that. So I don't think we've seen the last Cam Newton, and he's a fit. He's a fit and for the Chargers. He's a fit for the Patriots. He's a fit for even the Broncos. So we'll see where he wants to go. Yeah, and I, I think the Broncos, though, are ultimately set trying to move forward Drew Locke. Um, I think that uh, it's the Panther situation. It's really weird because you wrote a great piece about Cam and uh, what he's able to do. Um, obviously, he's mobile. He does – well, you said he is uh, still on the younger side, especially compared to some other uh, free agent quarterbacks who banked in $30 million a year over the next couple seasons. <laughs> like, uh, I think that Cam still needs to take care of himself a little bit more just in regards that he was used to kind of playing like a little bit of a fullback type role with the way he would take some of his hits. He needs to obviously, you know, pay a little bit more attention to that because, well, he is still young in comparison to uh, Tom Brady. (laughs) That's still not all that young. And I mean, he, given the mileage on his body, is something that he needs to uh, definitely take care of. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously a solid replacement for Cam. Same style, a pocket passer mostly, but has the ability to stretch plays with his legs. Um, they went out and signed P.J. Walker, who's also the same type of quarterback. And so I don't think Carolina's losing all that much because, well, you're still really high on Cam. I I heard in a great analogy uh, on the herd the other day. Cam's kind of this Carmelo Anthony type player for the NFL. A uh, and I mean you described it in your article, an enigma, so to speak, where 
yeah, he does a lot of good things. You don't always see the the results, though, as far as wins and losses. But he does a lot of really good things. And he's got the ability to stand in the pocket and make some of those throws necessary to get the wins. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't translate. Yeah, his I mean his his team's always been built around defense. I think I think that's why I mean as much as it'd be it'd be headline the headline news if he goes to New England, I think the obvious fit is the Chargers. Because let's face it, that team that team's loaded and they're loaded to win now. I mean they've they've got every position and they've got Rod Taylor. Like that team has one issue and one issue only and that's selling tickets. And nothing Nothing short of Tom Brady sells tickets like Cam Newton, and I think I think the Chargers would be remiss to not give everything they got to go for, for even if it's just for a marketing perspective. Yeah, and I, I mean the, that's obviously the Chargers' biggest problem. Um, you know, until they end up facing Kansas City twice a year in their division, but I think that I mean. The dominoes are starting to fall. They're falling a lot slower than I anticipated. Uh, Kyle Allen moving to Washington um, with the Bridgewater situation. and uh, Carolina was trying to cash in on his hit and miss success last season. Um, what's the next big move? Obviously, uh, Cam signing somewhere eventually is going to be a big deal, but besides that, if we kind of take our focus off of Newton for a minute, what, what is the next domino to fall? I mean, I'd love to see it be Matthew Stafford, but it's not going to be. The Lions suck. They're not, they're just going to let him die with a terrible franchise forever, apparently. Um, the, I, I mean, Cam's it. I mean, there's, He's the one we're waiting on, and he's the one that decides. I mean, obviously, we need to see what the Patriots are going to do. They're not – they don't They don't strike me as a team that's going to wait on the draft. I mean, hell, I can't be the only person that thinks that Bill Belichick and Andrew Luck have not spoken in the past 72 hours. Just <laughs> Bill Belichick to bring in Andrew Luck. Well, I mean, I have seen, like, a spoof uh... – graphic that's floating around on the internet or that shows Andrew Luck uh, photoshopped into a number 12 jersey in uh, New England and I think that that's obviously something where I mean you'd have to think it's a little bit of a possibility but yeah right now New England doesn't seem set at quarterback um, I feel like they would want a uh, solidified starter to, uh, you know, help the defense a little bit because the defense was so strong last season. Um, You don't have an elite group of receivers. You need something. And, I mean, you talked about Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford would be great in that system. Um, Now, obviously, I am not the biggest Matt Stafford fan. You and I have had numerous off-air conversations about this and but I I mean I think he would be a fantastic fit I feel like he's improved a little bit over the last couple years when he's able to stay healthy which admittedly is not that much 
But when he's able to stay healthy, he does play at a very high level over the last two or three seasons. Um, but ultimately, Detroit, and this is where we're going to kind of turn our attention to now, given the fact we're both from Michigan, so this is something that we follow extensively. I hate <laughs> Detroit, obviously, uh, drawing a little bit of ire. And look, I figured Matt Patricia was not a great idea to replace Jim Caldwell. I thought that his defense wasn't that fantastic his last couple of years in New England. And I, he tried to bring in this Patriot way and have this Bill Belichick aura still kind of floating around him. And the problem is, is he has not earned that aura yet. He's not earned the right to do what Belichick does. He has not earned the right to say to uh, say this is when our team meeting is and then show up an hour later, which was a lot of the rumors that were floating around last season. He has not earned the right to call your best player a tick sucker in front of the, the rest of the team because he has respect for one of his opponents. He has not earned that right to go out there and act like he's running the New England Patriots organization. And I think that's the biggest problem with Bob, Bob Quinn. And the biggest problem with Martha Ford is not saying you need to change your strategy besides picking up the Patriots scraps because granted Jamie Collins is a great linebacker and getting him for 10 million a year is not that bad of a deal, but there's a reason the Patriots are getting rid of these guys. There is a reason that the successful franchise is getting rid of them and the lousy franchise is picking them up. Yeah. And I mean, in the case of letting Tom Brady go, it's, it's simply, it, it's a win-win. I mean, they, that was a, that was a sperm relationship and Tampa Bay is giving, is gaining 20, 24 fewer interceptions a season. Um, the the I looked and between James Winston's interceptions and fumbles lost, if he were a team, he was second in turnovers last year. So um, that's one thing. But the Lions picking up these scraps and I mean, first of all, when it comes to Matt Patricia, have we seen anybody just shake a rape case faster? I mean, there was that whole thing a few years ago, and then it was just gone. Like that's that's not a player. That's not Ray Rice. That's not Kareem Hunt. That's a that's a head coach. Like that, that shouldn't happen. And in two thousand nine, it's not like there was somebody chasing money. He was he was a nobody. He was at his alma mater. Like, and when the Lions were asked about it, they said that they didn't do a background check. Like, what in the flying hell kind of NFL doesn't do a background check? You're in the NFL. There's 32. Well, I think that's part of the problem that everybody has with Quinn is the fact that he's going out and he's just getting people that he is, uh, well, let's just say relatively familiar with if you didn't know about that rape case situation. Like he's just going out and he's rounding up his buddies to uh, quarantine with them in the Motor City. And it's not a, it's not a good look. It's, uh, not. I mean, look. I get that there's a lot of it's not what you can do. It's who you know type situations that go on in sports, and it happens at the professional level all the time. 
But at the same time, it is still a little bit of a business and certain uh, coaches, certain GMs, uh, they've got a strategy uh, before moving into a, a new position, uh, whether it be an assistant coach to a head coach or assistant GM to, you know, the general manager of an, of an organization, they've got the strategy and his strategy was build the Patriots light. The problem is, is he is doing it with the scraps. He is not getting these players, these nobodies late in the draft that turn out to be all pros. He's not, you know, making the 32nd pick in uh, the first round of the NFL draft. He is not making that guy look as good as the first round picks that are being picked up. Like the first overall picks. He is, there's not that player development, which is what the Patriots have done. Instead, he's going out and he is getting these free agents that, which obviously the Patriots have the ability to do a little bit because of their name, because of their history over the last 18 seasons, winning six Super Bowls. But he's getting all of these guys that he's not developing. He still can't draw in the big name free agents. There's a lot missing to just automatically jump into title contention in a division that has the Bears defense, which is getting better. Um, Obviously, they fell off a little bit last season, but they're making some big moves this year um, to help the defense, uh, trying to improve quarterback play over Mitchell Trubisky. In a league with Aaron Rodgers, who now that he's relying on his running game, has become just so incredibly efficient again. And a Minnesota team that's been loaded defensively has a great running game and, you know, a top 15 quarterback in the league, like the combination of all three of those teams, that's what you're trying to beat. You're not going out there and trying to run past the Chargers and Broncos. And obviously the, in the Raiders, obviously uh, the Chiefs are in that division as well, but it's not a bottom dwelling division by any stretch of the imagination. Right, and the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots have, for for all of their success, have been been blessed. Part part of this is because of the Patriots. But the fact that the Bills, Jets, and Miami have been terrible, and part of that is because the Patriots have been so good that they just keep turning over trying to find something to beat them. But um, yeah, this this team. I, I mean, I like Trey Flowers. I like David Collins. I like I like these pieces. But you to, I mean, this as much as this feels like a Matt Patricia problem. It's so much bigger because this is now our all-time leading rusher, our all-time leading receiver, and now our all-time leader in passes broken up and probably the best corner we've ever had, all having bad things to say about the organization. And it's only a matter of time, I think, before our all-time leading passer wants out. Like, it's, it's, it's a history of this. And these players are giving nine, ten years to organizations and we they're they're beloved in Detroit and they they don't they don't love this organization back because of something that's going on inside of it. Something that we can't see. And I mean we've had Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, now Darius Slay, probably soon to be Matthew Stafford, who's probably gonna handle it differently and it won't reach headlines like those guys did, but uh, there there's something wrong with this organization that's 
that's much deeper than than what we're seeing. I mean, as far as I mean, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Miami—they're all dysfunctional. But it feels like it feels like this one's worse, and this one's a little bit more cancerous than any of the others. Yeah, because ultimately now it's it's starting to become more publicized and I get that there's players who don't like to be in certain uh, situations. Um, you can look at uh, the DeAndre Hopkins deal. Um, that was a situation that obviously he didn't want to be in anymore. And that type of thing happens. Uh, it's, you know, there's always unhappy players. Let's, I mean, let's just not pin this solely on Detroit in that aspect, but in regards to the quantity of player, that the players that are coming out and speaking against Detroit and in regards to the quality of players that are coming out and speaking against Detroit, that's something that's not seen anywhere else in the NFL. And I mean, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins came out and said something he's as good as they get as far as the wide receiver goes, but it's not DeAndre Hopkins, then Deshaun Watson, then JJ Watt. (laughs) Right. And this team, I mean, it's, it's not like, I mean, the the players that are yelling. It's not that are that are speaking out. It's not Randy Moss and or To and uh, Emmett Smith or some of these outspoken individuals. I mean, that's guys that notoriously are quiet and well mannered, and and it's it's guys that you would never expect to speak out. And Barry Barry for years kind of beat around it, like he didn't he didn't want that. He didn't want that press that he was he was a problem, but there was something something much bigger than than him going on, and he finally spoke out about it. And for Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, two of the most well spoken, polite guys that we've had, to say, yeah, that's enough of this. It's, yeah, and I mean, Slay is a little bit more outspoken, but I mean, the the point is still valid. It's not these boisterous guys. It's not these guys that have that. The end zone dances, the flamboyant press conferences, the Cam Newton wardrobe, or anything like that. It's guys that are like, you know, I'm just here to do my job. I'm here to do this. You know, I just want to help team, blah, blah, blah. The cliche garbage interviews that, you know, people ultimately don't like. But when those guys are speaking negatively about an organization, it, you know, that, that's when people tend to listen a little bit more, too, is because. This is a, a little bit away from that individual's norm. You know, I feel like there's two different levels of things. When you look at it, you have the TO guys and the Randy Moss type guys, you just ignore them because they're loud all the time. Then you ignore the guys like Barry and Calvin Johnson because they're quiet all the time. But when one of those guys breaks whatever that norm is that they've set, whether it be TO toning it down, which obviously never happened, I'm just using hypotheticals here. T.O. toning it down or Calvin Johnson Never. stepping up. You know, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, this, this is like, – I, I tried to deny what was going on for a long time. Like I just said, oh, well, building something, they're building something, they're building something. But when you look back on it, it's, I mean, the writing's on the walls. There's there's something massive going on here. And when – and Dominican Sue left. And, and said that he wasn't happy here and all that. You just you just associated dirty player and all that. But he he's yeah. another one. I mean, he was drafted high. And he spoke out before. I mean, it didn't take him ten years. And you didn't yeah. expect it to. But 
he's another one. There's, I mean, top three picks that we've had, the top top picks we've had that aren't happy. Eric Ebron wasn't happy. There's, it's, it's, it's a problem, and I I don't think this team's going in the right direction, and I think they need to just do their quarterback a favor and give him a chance because all these people that are just walking out on this team is not helping him. And I think he needs to walk because last year through the first eight games, I mean, and plus there's a whole thing that nobody's talking about that. I mean, they cover, they covered his injury. Like he's, he's playing with something that could, could end his career and God bless him. He's, he's trying to go out there and play, but in reality, it's, it's, it's not good for him and it's not good for, anybody around him because it's going yeah to and i mean career. ultimately that look and they, not to try to be cold-hearted or anything about this look it decreases the trade value too which i think we're both kind of looking forward to um i mean there's a couple different reasons one i think stafford would be good somewhere else uh, like i said i think he'd be great in new england um yeah. i think they would still need a receiver um Nikhil harry if he's finally up to speed, I think could be that guy, but they would still need one more receiver, I think. Um, because Edelman is getting up there. And Sanu, ultimately, I don't think he thrived like uh, people thought that he was going to. But then you throw in the fact, like, you can still get a lot from Stafford as well. And you can really build this team. Uh, you kind of turned me on to the idea of Simmons being the uh, third overall pick in this year's draft. I love that. But if you can trade Stafford and maybe package something else together, you can jump back into the first round and you could potentially get a guy like uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon and you can move on to the next phase and it's, and well, ultimately it may not be the smoothest transition because Patricia probably will be gone after this season. Thank God. It's a, it's the easiest way to do the transition, but the way, I mean, not even just, the Lions, but Detroit Sports in general have been working. They've been two years too late doing anything. And I feel like they're going to wait way too long on this Matthew Stafford situation. They should have traded Indama Kung Su to where they could have replaced him with Aaron Donald and made this transition a little smoother. And this is what's going to end up happening this year, is they're going to sit on Matthew Stafford, and they're not going to be able to trade him, especially if he gets hurt again. They're not going to be able to get the same type of value. And that's... That's the really disconcerting part for uh, Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, and they, I mean, this, this <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> they finally, I mean, the guys never had a running game. That's not necessarily their fault, but he's going to run him into the ground. And ruin your trade value Look, it, I mean, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I mean, it's not like the Lions haven't tried necessarily to put things around Stafford. Um, but you were kind of cutting out a second, so I'm just going to jump in. Um, 
But, I mean, at one time they did have one of the best defenses in the league to go with Calvin Johnson, with Golden Tate. They went out and drafted Eric Ebron and had Theo Riddick, who was probably the best receiving back in the NFL for some time. So, I mean, while they didn't necessarily have a running game, you know, they were trying to put pieces together around them. Um, even though Eric Ebron in Detroit couldn't catch the coronavirus if you coughed in his face, I think I think that he's – I mean, with Pettigrew as well, like they had the options there for Stafford. And, I mean, that was one of the years that they made the playoffs under Jim Caldwell. But then you want to turn around and say you want to build a winning organization. And you brought in a guy who, you know, from the day he stepped foot, you know, in Allen Park, like, he he shown he wasn't the guy. And ultimately, this kind of goes with all of Bill Belichick's disciples. I think the one exception, obviously, being Saban, but he was kind of iffy in the NFL, obviously. He's doing all right at uh, the college level, but Nick Saban's probably the one guy who uh, can, like, who you can probably speak out that, you know what, maybe not every Bill Belichick disciple's a complete jackass. Right, I think I think the the verdict's still out on Brian Flores. I think Brian but Flores that's is a good TBD coach, but still. Yeah, they. Right, they've they've put they've put pieces around him, but I mean, if you look back, the only the only top fifteen defense they had was one year, and they went to the playoffs, and Stafford played great, and they they had the weapons. They just they got they got beat on yeah, a bad call. That's true. I mean, that's a bad call, and Stafford completed 68% of his passes and he, he came to play, but in the end, the fact that they don't have a running game doomed them. And this, this team, I, I just, just, just sell it. Just burn it down. Just yeah. It's it. definitely time to burn it down and start all over. Um, I think Thanos and uh, Endgame probably had the right idea. Uh, just do that with the Detroit Lions organization. Just snap it all away, make it <laughs> just go from scratch. I would love to see Matt Stafford go somewhere where he can just, as a season ticket holder, I would just love to see him go somewhere where he can come to Detroit and just shred them. Look, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there, right? Aaron Rodgers is getting up there, right? Yeah, like, go. Um, come on. I'll, I'll be there wearing a number nine <laughs> green and gold jersey. I'll be there. But. I'm going with wherever he comes, I'm going with It's going to be a really good transition for you if he does end up going to New England in the long run. But, like, what what other options are there for New England, though? Like, you kind of mentioned mentioned Cam a little bit, and we obviously beat this uh, Stafford horse to death. Like, we were riding this horse until we broke its back. Um, No, nothing for that one? Okay. (laughs) But there, New New England, they just for whatever reason they seem wildly unprepared for what's going to happen with this uh, quarterback situation. Even though for like the first time in a long time, you know there are more quarterbacks than there are needs in the NFL. Yeah, uh, the the Patriots they they're trying to sell us that Jared Stidham is the answer and. Jared Stedham came in for a quarter last year and I think threw a pick six and that was about it. I, I find it hard to believe that Belichick or anybody around him believes that that's Well, that's why they brought in Brian um, Hoyer. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, again. Uh, 
I think Cam Newton makes a ton of sense, but as far as the way the Patriots operate, I don't, I don't know that that works. So, um, yeah, he. Does, I know. I don't feel like I, his personality matches much, that of his coach, and I think that that's one of the things that you need no. is you need someone to match the personality, <laughs> at least to some extent. Right, and I, I think that's why Cam, Cam fits perfectly for the Chargers. I mean, as far as yeah. selling tickets and. All that. I mean, they've got Derwin James. They've got loaded defensive pieces. They've got yeah. running backs. They've got receivers. I think. I think it's a home run for the Chargers. But the Patriots. I don't. I don't know. I, I refuse to to try and speculate on what Bill Belichick has under his sleeve. But I do know that he's he's pretty petty and he wants nothing more than to prove that he's better without Brady than Brady is without him. So I doubt Jarrett Stidham is the quarterback. Do, do I mean? Season. Do they take the shot on a on a Newly improved vision of uh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> no, can I can I just say it's absolutely ridiculous that Jameis Winston waited till what his seventh year in the league. Well, to yeah, he, he had to like believe it when he heard it, so he had to see Tom Brady actually sign Jameis' way out of Tampa Bay. <laughs> Good lord! Like, I just feel like. Jameis Winston with his new eyes is going to get into training camp wherever he goes and be like, oh, that's where the safeties are. My bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how does your quarterback have that bad of vision for that long and you don't get it fixed? Like, he probably stole those crab legs because he couldn't see that they cost money. He thought he was in a soup kitchen. He couldn't read a coloring book. Like, it's... He misread the signs from the Uber driver. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's obviously, a, you know, a lot of questions in regards to Jameis Winston's situation. You know, where do you go somewhere? Is he going to end up being a backup? Is he going to be a starter? I think in New England, he might be okay, in all honesty. Like, I, I don't think that it's going to be a situation where yeah. it's like Tampa where, you know, does the first ever, where he throws the first ever 30-30 season, but – I think it's a situation that their system can tone down the interceptions because it's not just deep ball after deep ball after deep ball, which ultimately with guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I don't really blame you for having a system where you want to, where you want to kill the secondary. But at the same time, so maybe, I mean, I think New England might actually be a good fit for him. And I think if he were to go to a situation like that, I think he might have a better year, year than Tom Brady. Um, he'll 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 still turn the ball over uh, more, but I, I feel like the production would still be there. I don't feel I don't know if you're going to get that with Brady because those are two guys who, obviously, they can run after the catch, but they are deep ball receivers. And Brady's arm last year it wasn't what it used to be. I mean, let's be honest, uh, last year there was a big drop-off that we've not yet seen before. Part of that maybe because his receivers dissipated. But he's – it wasn't – it didn't seem like it was there to me. I think Jameis Winston would hone it a little bit more under control. Again, this is a, situa- a situation where the personality of the quarterback doesn't really match that of the head coach because it's – I guess it's just really hard to match the personality of Bill Belichick anyways – but, yeah, that, that too, I guess. But, but I think that it's a. I I think that that would be a great situation for him. I think they could still win that division, even though Buffalo's coming up. 
Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo right now is the second favorite to win that division. I've I've got a <laughs> financial <laughs> financial there. Um, but the I I think Brady to Tampa is is great for both parties because they they have the receivers and we've seen. I mean, I don't think Brady's that far off from being great. I'm, I mean, yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are are deep ball guys, but I mean, they, they're not running 80, like Brady doesn't have to hit him for 80 yards on the run. Like he does, you don't have to in the NFL. You have to hit him for 40. Brady can still hit that. And he's not going to make the terrible decisions Jameis did. I think, I think Tampa hit a home That's run. That's going to end up uh, wrapping it up for us today though. For Nate Moss, I am Tyler Hayward. This was Flipside Sports Podcast.